It's the ring! Shane Ryan, Ivan Ross. Ivan, we're back, and this one we're not going to lose. That's right. Oh, God, that the grating nature of, of that intro you did after all the wine I had yesterday on Christmas Day. I had more wine than you, but I went to bed at 8 p.m. and woke up at 9 a.m., so I don't feel the least bit hungover. Did you clean the living room as your as your wife instructed you to? I'm pretty sure I passed out on the couch. I started to watch an NBA game and then I started snoring, which I don't do unless there's um, alcohol involved. Now she promised that she'd be very upset. Was she? I don't think so. I think I got off cleanly on this one. I <laughs> I shirk my duty and then I charm and shuffle and dance my way out of it. Um, all right, Bull City Winter Tennis. This is the podcast. Everybody, I hope you're doing well. I hope you had a good Christmas. Today is Boxing Day which um, we'll talk about later, but that has a pretty enormous role in Bull City winter tennis history. Oh, it absolutely does. Let me tell you who I want to box against. Okay. <laughs> the good people who run the uh, Christmas tree parade, quote-unquote. I, I say quote-unquote because I don't actually know whether it's called a parade. It's, it's really just a display of Christmas trees at the American Tobacco Campus. Um, I was humiliated in front of my mother-in-law. I took my family Ooh. there Christmas Eve expecting to see some brightly lit Christmas trees, each each sponsored by a different um, business uh, housed there at the American Tobacco Campus. Uh, your Durham Bulls, your Trosas, your uh, WUNCs and the like. And you know, I mean, someone didn't flip the switch. Just a bunch of dark Christmas trees mm, at mm, dusk. Mm. Yeah, um, I forgot until just now when retelling that story that I tweeted at them last night on your behalf. Um, I'll read that tweet on air. It was ATC Durham. What does that stand for? American, American Christmases? Tobacco. <laughs> sure, American Tobacco Campus. Right. Yeah, uh, Lucky Strike used to um, used to manufacture its uh, cancer sticks there. Yeah, and now it's a fun place for the family to go. Um, so I said, in all caps, me and my whole family came for Christmas tree lights, but no lights. We are so sad. It is Christmas Eve. And then I said, tweeted on behalf of the Ross family of Durham for free. Wanting to make sure I w they knew I wasn't paid. And then I followed up with, also, the slats are too wide. Children can escape. Do something. Do, do you know what that refers to? You have no idea, do I you? do think there's like some fencing around the perimeter that a child could climb through. There's fencing around the, there's fencing around the uh, perimeter of the fake river flowing through the, American the center of the American Tobacco Campus. Uh, this was sent at 5.29 p.m., so things were already beginning to get foggy. <laughs> uh, but then your wife won a trivia match. I assume I, there was no response from ATC. ATC has not responded. I'll, I'll keep following up, though. This, they haven't heard the last of me. Um, and I'll keep Thanks letting so them know. I, I love that you said it's Christmas Eve <laughs> in your tweet when it was actually Christmas. Well, yeah. I you was, were referring I was to Christmas Eve to as the day that I win. For them. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, Ivan, um, I hope uh, your Christmas was good. I hope you Wonderful. had fun. We had prime rib here. It's the 26th of December, which means it's the fifth night of Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah to you, Aaron Kirschenfeld, and all our other Jewish players, and even our Christian players. We can all enjoy the concept of Hanukkah, even if we don't celebrate it. Absolutely. Um, so there's been quite a bit of action since last we checked in. So much. Uh, do we want to talk about any of it or just keep going on about Christmas? I mean, I, th I think it's worth diving into a couple matches here and there. Do you have a preference? Which one do you think? Um, I was in Australia for much of it, so you're kind of more up on it than I am. 
Um, well, I do know, I, I, just as in Australia, um, the toilets flow backwards and everything is upside down, and 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 cute little animals carry their babies inside their inside pockets attached to their stomachs and mm-hmm. weird stuff like that. Yep. Uh, some upside downness happened uh, uh, on on uh, uh, up on this side of the equator as well. Good metaphor. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean to say is that uh, Tanita. To them wrongwanish, ah, Tanita, to them wrongwanish. I think that's right. Um, as a white man, I, I think I'm pronouncing that poor woman's no name correctly. No matter what she says, the, your pronunciation <laughs> will be standard from here on out. She had a big win followed by a big loss. How do you like that? That's crazy. Well, I think this um, marks her match against Eric Hall marked the first time she has ever lost a match tiebreaker in Bull City Winter Tennis. And there have been quite a few. She's I think she's played quite a few, won yeah. six or seven before this. Yeah, coming, coming uh, fresh off a 11-9 third set tiebreak victory over uh, the Winter King himself, Lawrence Isaacs. Um, and by who the I'm way, sure she's not forgiven himself yet. She spelled Lawrence's name wrong. That was yeah. So any, a I think dig. mispronunciation is fair game of Tanita's name. Yeah. But no, that was. Um, I think I said in the email. Lawrence, I figured out, had won ten in a row prior to that, including last year's championship run. Um, it had been a stirring title defense up to this point, but that's an incredible victory. Yeah, he had, for he had lost to Chris Jakes in the cross divisional classic last year. I think that was the last one he lost yeah. before this. Um, and yeah, so. Lawrence came back hard, second set, 1-6-2. Um, then saved, I mean, in classic Lawrence fashion, saved three match points at 6-9. But Tanita, in classic Tanita fashion, just had a little extra gear of toughness ready to pour it on, and she got him 11-9. And uh, that was, what, the quarterfinal last year? Or, no, the semifinal. A rematch of last year's semifinal. Uh, incorrect. Tanita defeated Chris. J- oh, yeah, and then Lawrence. Yeah, the correct is yeah. what I mean to yes, say. Yes, yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> I say it spoken. Uh, what, uh, uh, what was the first set? Um, six three to Tanita. To Tanita. Oh, okay, so uh, uh, a little bit of intel from the spreadsheet wizard uh, Justine Ross, um, who's the mother of my child and uh, the wife of me. Uh, Tanita, they were playing at Southern Boundaries, and Justine was there, and she witnessed it. And uh, uh, Tanita ran to use the restroom between the first and second sets, but alas, the restroom was closed. Mm-hmm. So uh, Tanita had to pee throughout the rest of that match. Ooh, interesting. What I wonder. Comeback. That does make you think. Like, does having to pee give certain players a sense of literal urgency that can drive them and make them, you know, play better tennis? She probably wasn't happy that it went uh, as long as it possibly could have. Yeah, um, but yeah, so that's that's interesting. Yeah, especially coming back from the nine six, it might just be like, screw it, I'm gonna lose. Yeah, got to hit exactly. the bathroom. But nope. Also interesting to note is that um, Strickland is Strickland Tania's boyfriend. I, uh, to the best of my knowledge, yes. So he sent, she sent an email to me saying he sent in his notes. I forgot to include them in the email. This is from the Lawrence match. Tanita came out firing. Lawrence couldn't do anything besides run down what he could, missing tough shots forced by Tanita's blistering ground strokes. But in the second set, Lawrence took a deep breath and calmly worked more balls into play, forcing Tanita to push her boundaries and make more mistakes. Third set was made of momentum swings. Lawrence got an early lead, which he relinquished quickly to face three match points. He fought bravely, but the fierce female warrior, being supported by her trusty furball baby bear, um, I guess that refers to Strickland, 
Uh, Tanita won the, <laughs> the final two points to get her. Oh, you know, she actually has. Never mind. She actually has a stuffed animal. That wasn't even a joke. I thought that was like but some. It's a dog. She has a dog. Oh, okay. Well, it says baby it's, bear. How am I supposed to know? It's the, it's the very dog that Hannah Lebowitz uh, accused of illegal illegally coaching Tanita in her upset of Chris Jakes in the playoffs last year. Interesting. So she had her dog, and Strickland was there. Yeah. And then Strickland was also there for the Eric Hall match, if Eric's report is to be believed. Was he? Yeah, that she had he a cheering well session, who was, okay. and he identifies as her boyfriend. So this is um, good stuff by Tina. She's bringing support, crowd support, in human and animal form to most of her matches. I think that's going to be a trend to watch as we keep going in the season. Absolutely. Now, as good as that write-up uh, by uh, Strickland 4-5, uh, what's his name? Parks? Strickland Parks, I think. Uh, whatever. Uh, as good as that write-up by Strickland was, uh, it's nothing compared to Eric Hall's write-up. Oh, it's fantastic. I, I, one of my favorite, maybe my favorite write-up uh, in Bull City. You, could, you, you, could, you could tell that it was pent up. Uh, that, 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 that write-up, paragraphs in length, was just full of, of pent up uh, uh, emotion mm-hmm. uh, from, the, from the fact that in, the, in his first two matches he lost, and I think he feared that he was not going to be able to yeah, no, I think to, he, to pin one of those write-ups. He said as much. Frankly, I never thought I'd be in a position to do one of these write-ups. Now, I can't remember if this was in our podcast that got deleted, but at one point we spoke about how he was really kind of um, out-thought, out-strategized by David Bedore, who made him come to Chapel Hill Country Club, and then Eric, I think, didn't have his racket strung or, or had to use a demo racket, and his shoes were a little iffy. So he probably has, you know, he's probably thinking, like, I had my chances this year. I don't know if I'm going to get that big win. But he got, you know, one of the biggest wins you can get by beating Tanita. Um, and he dropped some Bull City history. Here's let me, let me read what he wrote here. He said that he and Tanita almost broke out into fisticuffs over who is a superior BCWTL legend, Ezekiel Spin Dr. Lemoyne or Lincoln Shaw. And I love that because it shows that he has, like, delved into the history because those are the two greatest champions um, take I think, that, Klusterling. What's that? I said, take that, Klusterling. Yeah, Klusterling was good, but he was a second fiddle to yeah, to to Lemoyne. And then, Lincoln Shaw is kind of the second generation of greatness, and, and yeah. Ezekiel is the first. It would be like um, Babe Ruth versus Honus Wagner, <laughs> and Honus Wagner was good, but then you go to Joe DiMaggio, and yeah. DiMaggio is Lincoln Shaw. I and don't then know. and then you got Carl Yastrzemski. Uh, going up against uh, the Brooks Brothers. The, the Brooks Brothers? Yeah. I mean, you know, one of them can play baseball. One of them can uh, can uh, uh, make and, and market a shirt. Um, so who do you... Uh, see, Lincoln Shaw won five straight titles and seven of eight um, in the late 70s and, and early... Well, I guess the entire 80s. Um, so I, I don't know. I, that's one of the great questions. A lot of people think the advances in the game by that point mean that Shaw would have beaten LeMoyne, but I mean, LeMoyne, the clips we've seen, a tremendous athlete with a lot of, uh, a lot of spin, a lot of incredible tactics. Where do you, where do you fall on that debate? Um, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm not one to practice hypothetical history. Ivan, you're on the spot. You have to, this is the topic. Eric Rose you have to honor his question. No, you don't have to. The game of tennis uh, now is is different from the game of tennis then. They are their own entities, and as the uh, uh, diachronic march of time um, 
passes before us. Uh, so to do our opportunities to um, pit the greatest of yesteryear against the greatest of today. Great stuff. Diachronic. I said I said nothing by saying a lot. Concerned with the way in which something, especially language, has developed and evolved through time. Good use of diachronic there, sir. Um, okay, so other than that, those two huge results we had. You beat um, Jonathan Black. You've got a commanding lead right now in uh, Lemoyne South. However, a virtual championship match coming up. Well, uh, Vegas has already come out with its odds. It's giving um, uh, the over-under is set on the number of games that Sean Blazer might win. Uh, do you want to hear this line? Yeah, please. Vegas is setting that over under at 9.5. What are you taking? 9.5. So what was your score last year? 7.6, 7.6? Seven, six, seven, six? Uh, no, it went to a third set. It went to a third it, set. It was very, very close all the way. So I, I'm going to have to go with the 9.5. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because he could even conceivably win a set. It's a good line and still yeah, come and short still of come that. Short. But I think he, I think he's going to be competitive and either win a set or if he doesn't win a set, he's going to at least go to a tiebreaker or a seven-five typer. So I'm going to go nine point five. Oof, that's a toughie. No, I've got to trust you. You haven't lost a match in a long time. I think you've got sort of that winning touch. I say it would be because if it goes five and four, that would be under. I think you got to go with the under. Because if it's like a seven six six two match, that's the under. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Ivan Ross on that one. All right. And how many thousands of dollars are we talking? I'm gonna bet everything I have, which is sixty dollars in savings. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you are witnessing <laughs> uh, Max match fixing before your very ears. Yeah. Um, yeah. Please throw it on purpose, or no, win on. I don't know. Do something. Um, because my wife will leave me. Oh, I'm betting against. I mean, I'm I'm gonna win the match, but I'm betting uh, that Sean's gonna cover. So, all right, you're you're out um, in every regard. All right, fair enough. Um, and then Sean Blazer has himself turned in a couple results. He is now three and one in Lemoyne South. Beat Gray and he beat um, Jay Black. He beat Michael. I know that. Yeah, he beat Porn- Michael. Oh no, I think he beat Stephen Howell as well. Um, by the way, Stephen Howell uh, has played all six of his matches so far. Way to go, the Steven. only one My to gosh. have done it. Yeah, that is some good stuff. Um, most of our players are on track. We're gonna have to, you know, keep things going here in the new year. But uh, I got to give a, a tip of the cap. I think only two players I would identify as being behind the curve. One of whom got thrust into the league uh, just a couple weeks ago, so we can't even count that. One, yeah. Um, and the other one is Marion Wing, which it, it, uh, all faithful. Uh, where where have you gone to, uh, Joe DiMaggio? I mean, Marion Wing. Yeah, I would say our emotions are we're not mad, we're disappointed. I think that's accurate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I. Um, hashtag do better. Hashtag Marian. do better, Marion. Um, she'll probably have a good excuse. She's one of the nicer people in the league, and uh, yeah, she'll get it together. We have every faith. Um. Should we go through the standings here and talk about uh, where we sit as we as the calendar turns? I think that's a fabulous idea. Why don't Why don't we start actually with Klusterling South because we okay. had a, a match of the week go down at um, Southern Village between uh, SS and DD Stephen Stark and Darren Devault, mm-hmm. um, and that uh, uh, that match result, as I recall, really sets Stephen Stark apart. Yeah, it was a big one for Stark. He won, I think it was 7-5, 6-4. 
and it makes him three and one on the year. Now that's quite good. However, I will point out that we still have an undefeated player in that uh, in that conference division division. Who uh, that is T.J. Newton. He is still two and zero. Oh. Yeah, he's. Oh yeah, I said when 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 I wrote about uh, that match being the match of the week. I uh, finished it by saying, you know, somewhere in Apex, TJ Newton is snickering to himself. Yeah, and TJ, the biggest news of all is that TJ beat Steven Stark. Yeah. So TJ, I mean, that is, you can't say that TJ's through. He does have the tiebreaker in hand. So right now it would look like everyone but Chris Brown has two losses already in that division. So you would think TJ has a loss to spare at this point. He's got a loss. It's gonna in be hands. something if if he if there's a three way tie between among uh, uh, Stephen, Darren, and TJ. If T if TJ were to lose to Darren, yeah, but TJ, that's I don't what I'm think saying. the spreadsheet is ready for that. Yeah, but I'm saying TJ is can lose to Darren at this point. If he goes five and one, he's gonna take that lead because Darren already has two losses. Oh, Darren already has yeah, two. Yeah, Darren ah. has already dropped two in the division. Darren lost to Sam in a 10 8 third set breaker. Right, right, right. Uh, mm, and then he, strength of schedule, Darren. Darren's like unbelievably close matches. So he had that one. Then he had a seven six, seven six win over Kyle. Um then let's see. Uh, Chris Brown, he handled him pretty pretty easily. Um and then of course he had the close one against Stark. So it's been a lot of classics in that division. And like you look at, um, I think we're going to have somebody emerge from that division in the playoffs, kind of like Darren did last year and have sort of an amazing, surprising run. And one guy I'm looking at is Kyle, who's one and two right now, but just beat Sam Berger in what, I don't know if it's a surprise, but it was a six Oh six, four result. So it was more than I think either one of us would have thought. And his two losses, Kyle's are to Darren in a really, really close one. Um, and to TJ, 11-9 in a third set breaker. Yeah. So he's like, he was, you know, on the verge of being 3-0 and in that division. So he's still a guy that has to be feared. He's certainly somebody who could um, come out with a big upset and, and play spoiler here as we go along in Clusterling South. But he's also one of uh, two four O's now in that division with the USTA, um, uh, uh, that organization of which we do not speak, yeah. uh, uh, having come out with its year-end ratings. Uh, both Kyle and Steven are now 4-0s. Now, is Vincent a 4-0 as well? Mm. Oh, yeah, he's probably still a 4-0. So that league is chock full of 4-0s. Um, yeah, and it's a good... It might be the best division going right now in terms of competitive matches yep. and uh, and all that. But there are some... Uh, well, let's talk about Sam. I mean... Sam made the choice, and we're not here to criticize, but Sam made the choice to have another child, and it seems like it may be you know, affecting his game a little bit this year, the time thing. Um, is Sam going to regret uh, having a kid? Well, uh, that's one way to look at it. The other way is that Sam now only has half as many children as Roger Federer has, so maybe he needs to go all out and uh, have a set of twins next time, get up to four kids, yeah. and all of a sudden his game will... Uh, 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 jump you know jump where it needs to be um yeah, I, and you have to wonder though if he's being asked to do too much at home if you know how, that, how that's going <laughs> well uh, we have to talk about it because like you know someone in sam's position should basically say like i i can't do anything until winter tennis is over you have me for the summer i'll be here for the fall but while winter tennis is going it has to be my it's true that, yeah that the, the my kid, entire focus the kid's not going to be walking yeah the new babies won't be walking until mm -hmm. winter tennis is over um I mean, if you look at at, at uh, patterns of of the Burger Kids, uh, you know, uh, rate of development in the past, um, 
I uh, uh, Sandberger's dad or uncle or someone might have been in front of me uh, in line at the wine store the other day. Mm. Uh, I can't say for sure, but he gave his his name as Burger when asked what account it was under. I didn't follow up. All right. Well, that's good to know. It's something to keep an eye on in the future. Um, Sam, if you want to chime in at any point, let Every, us know. Everyone out there. Yeah. Um, and speaking of distractions, Chris Jakes uh, over in Clusilling North, sitting there at one and one, um, he's already lost to Parker, who's 4-0. Parker, you would think, basically has that league in hand, although Lucas Hubbard is still 2-0 too. So Parker is going to have to take down uh, Lucas if he wants to win um, undefeated style. But yeah, like let's talk about Chris Jakes. This is something that we talked about on the deleted podcast. Should he have gotten engaged? <laughs> and is it a shotgun wedding? Because then he's going to have his hands full uh, with a baby and a ball <laughs> and a chain. I was sort of wondering if I was going too far, but uh, <laughs> I think you uh, jumped over the line. So here we are. Um, but yeah, so Clustering North, Ivan, give me your take on that. We've got Parker at 4-0, 5-0 overall. Uh, the only player besides you who is still undefeated. Um, give me your uh, give me your Clustering North scouting report. Uh, I think I would lose love and love to Parker. Oh, that's not what you were asking. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, I have to believe that Parker has that uh, division in hand. Uh, Lucas, who is the only under, other undefeated player right now, has too many very difficult matches ahead of him. Um, that that league is now just chock full of, of talent. Uh, the birthday boy himself, Aldrin Hiwakapera, uh, happy birthday, Aldrin! Yeah, happy uh, birthday. surprising. Sixty-four years old today. You wouldn't, you wouldn't think it. You, looking yeah, at I him, I wouldn't think a day over fifty. But yeah. He, yeah, he uh, he's a four-five now, by God. And I, I have it on record. Uh, I asked him, "Are you going to stay a four-five?" And he said, "Well, uh, it's just out of sheer laziness uh, that I'm not going to go onto the Tennis Link website and hit the appeal button." So, yep, I'm a four-five. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm just saying Parker already has so many good wins under his belt, having taken down, uh, the likes of Jake's and, uh, uh, Marion, uh, at all. Um, so, I mean, that's over and done with. We can, we can put that one to bed. Now, Aldrin, interestingly, first match of the year, he got a win in, uh, third set tiebreaker 10-8 over Tyler Carroll. Um, which is not, you know, Tyler's ideal start. But since then, Tyler has been on kind of an unbelievable run. He is now three and one and leading Lemoyne North. Lemoyne North is a lot more is, is a lot more crowded than Clusterling North, that's for sure. We got Tyler, we got the Winter King, uh, fresh off his loss to Tanita. Sorry to bring that up again. We got uh, uh, the Californian lefty Al Pick. Uh, Eric Hall, uh, uh, who I think everyone had written off as uh, uh, hopeless, all of a sudden just beat Tanita. I mean, that, there's some fascinating tennis yet to be played. Yeah, and a ton of really good uh, matches. Al, uh, Eric Hall versus Al Pick is uh, a week five match that's yet to be played. Al Pick alone, I mean, you look at his, he beat Sebastian 10-8 in a third set breaker, uh, beat David Bedour 3-3, three and three, and his only loss is to Lawrence Isaacs, 10-8, at the beginning. So he has every chance to win that league. Um, Tyler Carroll, let's see what he's done. So he got by Tanita, which is a big one early on, 3-2. and two. He beat Sebastian. He lost to Lawrence. That's his only loss so far. 
uh, and he beat David Bedore. So he's still got some tough matches coming up. He's got to play Eric Hall, and I believe he still has to play Al Pick in his final divisional match. That Carroll versus Pick week eight match, last one of the season. I mean, that could be um, could end up being enormous. Could end up being for the title. Um, I would say right now Lawrence still controls his own destiny. He beat Al and he beat Tyler, the old other two players above 500. Yeah. So if Lawrence runs the table, he will still be the champion of that division. Um, but he's got some uh, he's got some work to do. He's going to be out for blood though. He's got to take on blood. Fangler. He's got to take on Hall. He's got to take on Bedore. Lawrence Isaac coming off a loss is. That's my. That's the Michael Jordan flu game. He's just gonna. I mean, he will overcome whatever he has to to get the W. Yeah, I would. I would tend to agree. I think he's uh, peak competitiveness on the normal, um, just on a normal day. And now, yeah, coming off the loss, I think he'll he'll have something to prove. I feel like Tyler versus Al is an interesting matchup, just in in terms of the personalities. Actually, I don't know Al that that well, but I, you know, t- Tyler is the cool as a cucumber skateboarder dude. Mm-hmm. Um, and Al is from California, which I assume means that he uh, uh, participates in drum circles all the time and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, where's where's the competitive spirit? Who who's going to be able to squelch his uh, his, his his you know lovey dovey uh, 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 peace peace for all? Tis the season of giving. Uh, uh, outlook on life and go for the go for the jugular. Um, what other stereotypes about California do you think of? Um, I mean, I I I usually just think of uh, Star Trek Four: The Voyage Home. Uh, I feel like there are lots of punks on buses who play their music too loud. They have to uh, mm-hmm. kill with a Vulcan death grip or whatever. Um, what else is there? I mean, I think of um, tall blonde dudes playing um, volleyball on the beach who look askance at newcomers, but the newcomers end up being pretty good and, you know, end up being able to beat them at volleyball and they're pissed because this is their thing. This volleyball is their thing. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. But they don't have the heart, you know, they've got the physique and the sort of talent and power, but they don't quite have the heart. Um, I think of that in California. And then what else? I think in the north of people growing their own marijuana, um, I guess legally now, I'm not sure exactly, but like up in Humboldt County, just kind of getting high off their own stock. Um, and then I think uh, of it, like hanging out at the max is a big one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's huge. And if, if your girlfriend has a future modeling career, like, Hey, let her g- give her a chance to, to spread her wings and fly. Don't, uh, uh, don't dampen her spirits just because you're, jealous of the photographer who's who's taking her picture little kelly kopowski reference i also think of people getting murdered on the foggy highway in berkeley no not in berkeley in um like the monterey peninsula area i don't know why i think of that i just do it's not a reference to anything i just think it happens a lot there's a lot of foggy murders all right so that's all going to come into play when tyler uh meets al but i think what you're saying is you're worried that Tyler might out California, Al, even though he's a North Carolina boy. Yeah, that's my concern. <laughs> that is exactly my concern. All right, so we want to talk about a um, little Bull City history. Have at it. All right, well, I want to talk about Boxing Day. Um, and Ivan, I think we can kind of go back and forth telling the story because it's, uh, 
It's a doozy. Um, so Boxing Day, the origins of it are it's the day that you box all the gifts that you don't like and send them back. And it's, it's mainly a Canadian thing <laughs> um, because the Canadians are so polite that they rebox and they, they give the gift back. And, um, you know, there's a lot of hurt feelings, but it's a way of kind of giving people a hint about better gifts to buy next year. Um, well, it, it's about honesty. Has American Tobacco Campus written back yet? Um, no. Nothing yet. I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna retweet. I'm gonna tweet at them. <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, uh, the origins of Boxing Day, as as pertains to Bull City. Um, um, I'm writing. Are the slats and or trees <laughs> fixed? Please follow up. Jesus. The Ross family. <laughs> Not a sponsored tweet. Okay. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead, Ivan. Oh, well, uh, uh, late 60s, right? Um, uh, who's the Hawaiian guy who played in Bull City for a while? Duke. Um, hold on, I'll tell you. This was uh, when they were trying to keep somebody from winning. It was Akila Kahanamoku playing as, quote-unquote, Duke Jones. Right, that that right, was right. in 1935. He won the title. Oh jeez! Yeah, they brought him in because ah, he was. Why was I thinking late sixties? No, he they didn't want Dalton Kelly to win another one. Uh, the this was just at the end of the Scarcliff control of the league. They were, the old man was about to die, and the young man just was not interested. He lost his eye, as we know, in the riot at Wild Oaks or whatever that was called. Um, so, but they really didn't like the Kellys. And I'll hold on. I'll I'll read you more about that. Um, he was recruited from Hawaii by Martin Scarcliff Jr in order to prevent Dalton Kelly from winning a third straight title. Um, and this was, okay, and so interestingly, the next year, the Scarcliffe Tobacco Factory was lit on fire, and the league was canceled because the fire was lit in response to them hiring a ringer from Hawaii um, who had beaten Dalton Kelly, um, sent the old man into a state of shock. He lasted a month speaking in nonsense sentences before dying, and then his son, one night more, Morton Scarcliffe III, um, the next year in 1937, officially ends the Scarcliffe Tobacco Company's sponsorship of Bull City Winter Tennis. And that was when it became a, a public concern. The town took over. Um, and it would go back and forth after that. But never again did the Scarcliffe family uh, hold control. Gotcha. So that's where it comes. So, so it was Mort III's kid who uh, was um, watching the Hawaiian dude play against Dalton Kelly and he couldn't quite see and he, I mean there are so many people there obviously it's Bull City uh, he couldn't quite see so he got a uh, soapbox to, mm -hmm. to stand on and uh, uh, after the match was over he went and gathered the game balls and uh, put them in the box and delivered them to the Hawaiian and said um, here take these back to Hawaii. I hate you. Um, yeah. Consider this your boxing. That's right. And then, and the Hawaiian, then, I think that's a compelling story and I don't know why you're looking askance at me. I'm not looking askance. It's, it's a great, you've, you've nailed it. Uh, the one thing you left out is that Kahanamoku, uh, then took the box to Dalton Kelly and said in a tradition of hatred, uh, I want to pass this box that was delivered hatefully to me onto you as my vanquished foe. And Dalton Kelly was going, what are you talking about? What's going on? Um, and then Akilah was gone, never to be heard from again. He went back to Hawaii. Um, 
as far as we know, never heard from again. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him pop up in later Bull City history. We don't know. But so here Dalton Kelly was left with this box of tennis balls. And what he did with it was the thing that really exploded the Boxing Day phenomenon. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, uh, after the fact, uh, uh, after the Scarcliffe Tobacco Factory ended its sponsorship of the league, uh, uh, all these players had to find uh, new employment because they were kind of uh, blackballed from from working in the factories any longer. Uh, so uh, Dalton <coughs> Kelly uh, went to the uh, Pittsburgh uh, uh, Sweet Potato Farm and. Um, uh, uh, actually packed a bushel of is it a bushel of sweet potatoes? Sure, no? yeah, sure, <laughs> a bushel of sweet potatoes <laughs> into that very soapbox. I mean, really mixing his his uh, uh, not metaphors, but his it really mixing his potatoes and his boxes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Potatoes in a soapbox. I mean, that's what the Pittsburgh sweet potato factory is known for: shipping in soapboxes. That's right. Uh, uh, he he put a bunch of sweet potatoes in that box, but the tennis balls were already in there, and uh, he'd forgotten to take them out. He'd forgotten to take them out. The delivery driver uh, took them to the uh, uh, used to be the Piggly Wiggly, uh, turned into the IGA, mm-hmm. and it's now the uh, Harris Teeter on MLK mm-hmm. uh, in Durham. And uh, a young uh, stock boy by the name of uh, Lincoln Shaw. Oh yes, uh, unpacked <laughs> unpacked those uh, those potatoes. And uh, when Lincoln Shaw won his titles, he was fifty. <laughs> How old is Lincoln Shaw? <laughs> Damn it, <laughs> Lincoln Shaw won in the eighties. But no, this is true. It was Lincoln Shaw's father. <laughs> okay, it was Lincoln Shaw's father. Uh, who unpacked? Yeah, yeah. And then Lincoln Shaw's father. Uh, uh, held on to those tennis balls for a long, long time. I mean, he paid for them at, at the at the bulk rate of sweet potatoes. He was an honest man. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would later re-gift those tennis balls to his child, Lincoln Shaw Jr., mm-hmm. uh, uh, in 54, which was, uh, I mean, you know, everyone was, was pretty wealthy in America in 54, the post-war boom and everything. Everybody was wealthy. Except the yep. Shaw family. Yeah, uh, they were the only ones. Because they had... Uh, 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 invested heavily in uh, I don't like uh, uh, the rise of Nazism or something. Hell if I know. Uh, no, they were they were the ones <laughs> they they invested in the Nazis, which a lot of people don't know you could do at the time. And they they bought in at 1944, right as they were going down. They bought in at the worst time. Well, they bought in. Yeah, you, you buy low, sell high, and they did it the <laughs> they opposite. They did the opposite. By the time their trade come through, Hitler was already in the Fuhrer bunker. It was, the st- it was the, a disaster. <laughs> the, the stock ticker was NZI, for crying out loud. Yeah, no, Lincoln um, Shaw Sr. said, I got a feeling. I, got, I know things don't look good. Normandy was bad, but I got a feeling. And he put his entire life savings into into the Nazis. Yeah, so he was really just left with some sweet potatoes and tennis balls. So uh, <laughs> he had to box up those damn tennis balls again and give mm-hmm. them to his kid on... December 26th. December 26th, because he said he had to work on Christmas Day. Yeah, no, nah, and um, and he was, of course, disgraced when World War II ended. <laughs> that was it. And he gave him to his kid. Uh, Lincoln Shaw famously took up tennis, and this was called being boxed by your own boxard. And later that phrase became hoisted by your own petard. It switched over time. We don't have to talk about that. Uh, but, yeah, basically that got Lincoln Shaw into tennis, and uh, that's... 
That's how this stuff happens in Bull City Winter Tennis. There, okay. Wait, uh, there's a story. Who's the guy who uh, later had something to do with the fall of the Ber- Berlin Wall? I feel like that was Lincoln Shaw, too. Had something to do with the fall of what brother-in-law? B- Berlin. Berlin. Oh, the Berlin Wall. Wall. Yeah, I believe this Berlin was... Uh, that was... Okay, here we go. That was Lincoln Shaw. It was Lincoln Shaw. Oh, it comes full circle. Yeah, he fell off the Berlin Wall. Uh, it just as a family that didn't have much luck with Germany. It really, they to really say the least. Yes. Yeah. Also, I mean, inve- the exchange rate was atrocious. It was just an awful investment. It was a bad investment. It was, and the problem is news traveled slow, so they didn't know quite how bad things were for the Nazis. And, but you know, that was a different time. I mean, like for now, like you couldn't go invest in Kim Jong Un if you wanted to. People would go, "What does that mean? Invest in Kim Jong Un? That makes no sense. There's no, you can't invest in a person." Um, he invested in the program. Sure. The, in, yeah, just like you can invest in the in the North Korean nuclear program if you want to. I get yeah, could you? <laughs> could you invest in it? If you're friends with Dennis Rodman, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that's certainly an interesting Boxing Day story, and there's plenty more where that came from. Um, let's see. We're at 40 minutes. I assume you probably have to get back to work. I sure do. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, good luck, folks. Um, enjoy your um, the rest of your holidays. Have a great New Year's Eve. If you see Aldrin, uh, wish him well and mm-hmm. uh, congratulate him on his impending retirement and, and happy birthday. Hey, happy birthday, Aldrin. Happy holidays to the whole league, and we will see you next time. God, the podcast that got deleted was so good. Hello. <laughs> Tennis! It's a ring! Oh. <laughs> <laughs>